Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks YouTube live show. My name is Aaron, your host. I'm joined here by Nate. Hey, who's in a different location today? I am in not Wisconsin, that's for sure. Oh, hey, look, <laughs> Sam Dunks. <laughs> Sam, I could be joining back. though, but hey, guys. Sam, what's your video on tomorrow? Uh, just start of the NBA season. I got Kevin Durant, Christian Wood, Demonis Sabonis. Brandon Clark. Demonis Sabonis was going to be on my fantasy team and then did not make it. Covering all the topics, so it's going to be good. I'm trying to develop a new uh, system where I can kind of do the same thing each week, get everyone uh, talk about a bunch of different stuff. I'm excited about it. So Good. Be good. good deal. Let's go. All right. Well, good stuff. Should we get this presentation popped? Everyone say bye to Slabstock Sam. All right. Bye, Sam. There we go. See ya, see ya, see ya. Oh, my. <laughs> what's up zach what's up zach what's up t206 all right let's get this thing rolling oh look it's us it's us i know so today you guys saw it i posted that panini is reaching hard and it's about that card in the center there panini came out with cards called on the horizon we have a question about that don't we yeah, and that's why i started with this so it is one of the questions for the show and i have been watching it over the last couple weeks they released an online exclusive set, points only, called On the Horizon. Points only. And this is what it looks like. It is two cards per pack. And it basically took a downtown card. If you know downtown, it started in studio way back when and then went to Cornerstones. And then the, as recently as Panini 1 and 1, it took that set and it made him horizontal. And it gave him some really crazy sunburst effect. And in my opinion, they look stupid. <laughs> They look stupid. The set was online exclusive. It wasn't even in a product. It was just another thing that someone came up with. Like, hey, downtown's cool. Let's just flip it horizontal and throw some random effects on it. And then we got another <laughs> couple thousand or many thousands of dollars to sell. So we're going to talk about it here. I'm going to walk through what these cards look like, um, some eBay sales of them, and just some other things about Panini. And I think, in my um, opinion, in my opinion, this is Panini's biggest reach ever. I mean, you're taking a set that was awesome in downtown. You are flipping on the side. You're making it points only, two cards per pack, and you are putting it out. It's clearly a pretty big money grab trying to take off of something that they've done really well in the past, and I don't like that they took something that was really, I'd say, like a grail insert of Panini and almost made it seem like that, eh, like we can just do anything with it. So I don't like that. If I may interject a little bit, the Panini yep. logo in the corner reminds me of like the National Packs Panini. You yeah, know, Panini logo it looks terrible. Nobody likes those cards, and I hate just the giant Panini logo in the corner. Basically, I think yeah, I think it's it's something else. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Oh, hey, what's up, Jordan? What's up, Dwayne? Uh, what's up, Bazooka Tom? So here is the Christian Pulisic from the set. First off. I mean, what's going on with that card? If you look on the right, it's got a Statue of Liberty that's like in a basically mud tsunami with like just a bunch of random Liberty, stuff. Liberty Bell? Yeah. Like chocolate? It, it's got Mount Rushmore and it's got Abe Lincoln up there, but like that is just a mess. Like that is not even, that doesn't even look good. And then it's 226 bucks and it's not a rookie card. It's not pack pulled. It's not any sort of, you know, longevity card to it but this is what actually irks me even more these were just made they were just made in december 
Look at the bomb. Look at the bomb left corner of that Kyler Murray. Not a rookie. Rookie card, Kyler Murray from 2020. They just made this on the horizon set. They had downtowns in Optic, which were awesome for basketball. That's where they are for, sorry, for football. They're in Optic for football and they got the velocity look. Then they make this, which, I mean, it looks like it's got a, a Phoenix that, that's like is, on fire. Was on say, is that a Cardinal head that's on fire on the bottom? It's It, it must be. I think it's a Phoenix, or I don't know what it is. Either oh, yeah, that, that makes sense for the city. Duh. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a Cardinal in there, too, for the Cardinals, and then there's a train and a wagon and whatever. It just doesn't make much sense to me, and the rookie logo just makes zero sense. And then they also make Gold's number dot 10 in these. So there's Gold's number dot 10, and this Kevin Durant got hit on Buy It Now for $1,500. Honestly, and, I don't hate the gold. I don't hate the gold. The thing is, is that especially with like these, you can't even tell what's going on. And also another thing to point out is I think these things, photo they take just like terrible photographs. Now, it's not that bad when you blow it up, but looking on eBay, like you can't even tell what's going on in the card if you're just scrolling through eBay. Here's a KD again. And this is how much the packs are selling for, for two two cards. Four, $400 was the last sale on Christmas Day. So you pull a Kyler Murray. And you're it's right now 260. I think there's no way that sits at two. One of the better cards you can get. Are yeah. is it mixed? Is it a mixed sport? Yeah, d- dude. So it's got basketball, football, it's got hockey that are not do not have logos because they don't have the license for hockey as soccer. It has, I'm sure, non-logo baseball. So Ooh. think about if you're hitting a hockey or baseball card, you're getting like maybe 50 bucks or less for it. If you're hitting a soccer card, a big name, it's a lot. A small name, it's not much. And then for football, if you're not hitting one of the top guys, I'm sure it's not that much either. Um here and then here's another thing, which is and honestly, I, I put this in here because this reminds me of our conversations, Nate. All these weeks that we talk about junk wax era 2.0 with people, and are they oversaturating? Are they putting out too many products? Um, I know we've talked a ton in the past about how it's not really getting there because for different reasons, but I can see why people are thinking that. Um, this is something where they're taking something great with your downtown on the right from one and one, and of course, is in cornerstones and studio in the past. And then you put in a Prism Draft Picks as a college card. So you're now you're making another different downtown variation. And then you make the On the Horizon, which is another variation, which isn't even pack pulled. Also, and, what do you, you say? That Kevin Durant for one second. What about? What's going on there? Atlantic City, I think. Atlantic Beach. Okay. But uh, – Either way, they're watering it down, I feel. And here's another another thing. So Color Blast, amazing, amazing insert. One of the best that Panini has ever made, in my opinion, came out in Spectra Basketball, Panini Prism Football. They started it, I think, with Panini Prism Baseball, honestly, and then it went to Panini Prism EPL for soccer. Then they brought it over to Basketball and Football. Just amazing inserts. Funny thing is, is that if you see that PSA 10 sale of Rodgers on the right, that's $1,230 on October 25th. A PSA 9 sold for $1,100 on December 16th. So that was a crazy buy, whoever got that PSA 10. But Obsidian just came out, and they basically took Color Blast, made Ooh, it black. I kind of like it, though. And then put more color on it. So while I do think that they look cool, I think that a Color Blast black and a Color Blast white is really cool. I think that's two different effects. Both look awesome. I will say, if you have seen the Tom Brady, it kind of looks like that someone puked on the card. But uh, 
I it, it, put them in the same product, I guess. I don't know which. You see what I'm saying, Nate? Like they're just taking everything that is like they, so... they take everything that's good and enjoyable about what they do, and they overproduce it until nobody enjoys it anymore. Yeah, it, it's like, do we really need all these downtowns and all these different products? Do we really need more color blasts and different products? They they don't even have a set product for color blast, and that's another problem is that Panini just sticks them everywhere, put them in one product, and stick them there, and they'll be amazing. Like, I have an idea. Let's yeah. start a uh, a GoFundMe <laughs> to buy out Panini, and then we will we will uh, you know nix this stuff. <laughs> seems seems very viable. Yeah. Need, All right. We need probably like a billion dollars or something. Well, that was a small little rant just to start the the show. And I know I'm not trying to be all negative here. Um, normally try to stick with positivity all the time here, but some sometimes it's just like, and it's honestly, it's not even really the Obsidian Color Blast. I actually like Color Blast a ton, so I'm not even that mad about it. It's just like making an exclusive points, which are overcharged for anyways in the first place. And they make and, their and you should, you should, we, you know, to make it points, the uh, the real thing is that points exist anyways. You've exactly. promised five, you're promised five autos in a box and you get a 150 point card that can get you one thirtieth of the way to an actual thing on Panini. Dude, the, the other thing is that like there's cards out there that are worth like ten dollars are like a couple thousand points. Like it's yeah. ridiculous. Like the whole point system is really screwed up too. And they they try to say, oh, it's to replace redemptions, but there's still redemptions out there now. So yeah, what's the point of it, anyways? But uh, yep, that's the star of the show. That's us addressing on the horizon <laughs> Panini cards. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a uh, little bit negative there, but uh, a couple things. Apparently, it's Coney Island. The uh, uh, Kevin Durant picture so coney island oh we're from the midwest so that's a total stat just guess for me um uh gt black says evening so uh, welcome gt black um oh hey yeah, we got a little bit of a super chat uh super chat <laughs> chat super chat michael brown thank you it's nice at five dollars as always is going right to camp kesson for the kids hey oh thank you so much shout out to aaron for his soccer video and i'm Hey, I like that. Look at that last sentence. I also did my due diligence as well. That's what we always want. We want to provide some info, provide some thought-provoking questions. Then you go back and you do a bunch of research and figure out if it is something you want to spend your money on or not. Um, There's a lot to look up on different different cards. And really quick, before moving on, Richard Clark, thoughts on Joss Silver Courtside Select PSA 10 selling for $860. So I actually saw that sale. And I saw it because someone on Instagram was comparing it to a Chris Paul finest refractor rookie number out 350 PSA 10 that sold for $500 and saying like, Oh my gosh, Chris Paul, one of the best point guards of all time, numbered rookie from tops finest in 2005, 2004, uh, one of those two years. And it sells for $500 while this Joss select courtside silver PSA 10 sells for 8,600. Um, clearly so much of the market today is just propped up on what can they be doing tomorrow? You know, no one's buying Chris Paul because they're like, dude's going to be a top three point guard for the next five years. Um, I don't think anyone's spending money on Chris Paul because of that. They're buying because of what he did. But so much of the market, I'd say almost 95% of it moves on what can they do tomorrow. And that's how these guys have value. It's all about hype. And it will continue in in seven years. Nobody will want to even own John Morant. He'll be a probably very good point guard that 
nobody wants to buy cards of except for fans of the Memphis Grizzlies, and people will move on to see, see the next maybe, guy and the next guy. Here's the thing, though. People, maybe not seven years. It, say 12 years. It's, it's pretty similar to, like, anything that involves risk in the market. It's like you do it to try to get one of those top guys. Like, you know, you buy John Rand to try to get that next – I don't want to say LeBron, obviously, but big hit like Zion or something, you know, whatever. I know he's the same year. Bad analogy, but you're just buying to get that next guy. And eventually that steam just runs out along the way. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that it's John Morant that that runs out of steam, by the way. I know Nate was probably just spitballing there based on him, but it applies to everyone in the market. I mean, hey, you don't get me. Don't get me wrong. I love John Morant. Got him on my fantasy team. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you go back four to five years, though, and there's a lot of guys that you're like, at the time, those dudes were worth a lot of money. Jaleel Okafor, uh, even D'Angelo Russell was probably worth a ton comparatively to today. But I know the market has changed a lot. But, uh, I mean, even Stanley Johnson, guys like that who are worth something coming out and then do nothing. So, so what, just, you do, what you do is you buy, like these guys are saying on the side, buy the hype. Wait for the hype to die down on a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's an all-timer. Buy back in. Buy the hype on somebody else, right? a Kyler Murray, whatever. And then use those profits to buy in on uh, Aaron Rodgers and just wait for those to just slowly creep up because he's an all-time great. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think that the dude that posted on his Instagram story is Mission Street Collectibles. Someone collect me if I'm wrong. I just want to make sure I throw some credit out there because I kicked down so that Okafor post should open some eyes, hopefully. Okafor's NTRPAs were extremely expensive coming out of college, of course, getting drafted to the 76ers. Those things are selling for like 15 bucks now for NTRPA of 99. Um, they were definitely, definitely in the hundreds of dollars. If it came out today, they'd be in the thousands of dollars if he was a rookie now, just like how RJ Barrett's a huge car. I'm not comparing him to RJ R- Barrett. R- did you see how RJ Barrett did yesterday? I, I, I saw he shot really poorly, correct? Um, uh, at one point, he was 0 for 11, 0 for 11 in the first half. So he, so he, mu- he must have been the only guy in that team that but missed a course course shot that game. game. Because he went eight for eight. No, not the not yesterday. Uh, a couple days ago, uh, not against the Bucks. Um, he, I I did see that, that when he when he did uh, shoot poorly. But he's a streaky. That's just the player he is. He's gonna shoot streaky. He's not gonna be. Well, why why am I why is my memory failing me? I, I don't remember a team. I can't before. remember who they're playing, but um, I won't remember. No, all right, it's too bad. Someone drop in the comments who RJ Baird barely scored against. There you go against Philly. Thanks, oh, it's against Philly. He's being covered by Ben Simmons. And- Makes sense. (laughs) All right, moving on. Let's get into this. So I just want to show last week we had our NBA tip-off break-in. I hit some insane John Morant cards on the left, Hoops Premium, and one hanger box returned a purple disco rookie, a base rookie, and a tribute rookie. Then the next one had a tribute silver rookie. And Mosaic, we hit more variation Zions again, some really cool Kobe White, some John Morants as well, LeBron Green. Um, that happened on Tuesday of last week. We took off on Thursday from breaking due to Christmas and uh, Christmas season and holiday season. But we are starting back up again tomorrow with a mosaic football break, which is already sold out, but single packs are still available. As well as, just got this in the mail, Select Basketball Hobby Box 2017, the biggest break that we are going to be doing on Slabstacks yet and is being sold per the pack right now. On slabsex.com backslash shop. So if you want to check that out and get in, uh, I will say that the budget break for this week is the Panini Prism draft picks, and there are very few teams left uh, for the $27.50 spots. 
and those were limited to one per customer. And so check, check them out if you want. We'll be breaking Tuesday, Mosaic Football, Thursday, Basketball. Friday, we'll be doing this box of Select Basketball for New Year's Day special break. Sweet. And shout out OP the Rapper for uh, saying we have the best breaks. Thank you. Oh, nice. Thank you. That's, uh, I think, Oliver is his name. Nice. All right, then one more thing is uh, the way to get the most information from us the quickest in terms of our breaks and other things going on is through our Discord. The Discord link is right there. It's also the link in the description, as well as the question form for next week's show for Slab Stocks Live, this exact YouTube show Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Submit your question through there, and we will try to feature it. All right, here we go. The first question from hey, Chef Hey, Gobi. quick question. Are we allowed to kick people from our, our uh, live? Can we kick Slab Stock Sam from, from this live? Maybe ban him for life. Everyone that was in our Instagram uh, live the other week heard, already heard me talk bad about Ubre and Wiggins, dude. Ubre's been the, the worst player in the NBA this year. <laughs> Hasn't been good. Has not been good. <laughs> so That's bad for chalking him up to us. Kansas Jayhawk success already, and woo, dude. I don't know if getting into a big city has done something to him or what. <laughs> I mean, Phoenix is pretty big. No, I I, I know it's big. I spent like bigger basketball city with the golden state yeah. versus phoenix all right hi guys a few of the experienced collectors and investors in the hobby mentioned that we might see a decline in the demand for base cards in the near future it goes on to talk about red white and blues blue velocities cards that have similar pop reports actually not sorry similar values to base psa 10s but way lower pop reports what are your thoughts on the lower pop report cards can they be good investments six months to a year and any suggestions as well. So, Chef Goaty, I put a little slide together here for Zion cards. So, you're looking in the top left. That's a select-based PSA 10 of Zion for $400. On the right is a Revolution-based PSA 10 of Zion for $400. Those are both pretty low pops. The Revolution even lower than the Select. I can't say exactly how much the Select is, as I did not include it in this slide. But you can definitely look it up on psa.com slash pop report. The Prism base rookie PSA 10 down here is $940. The red, white, and blue PSA 10, which came out of the cello packs, there's three cello, uh, three red, white, and blue cards per cello pack. That one was $975. So we're going to click this next slide. The top card right here is the base. There's 14,293 PSA 10s already of the base uh, Zion rookie cards from Prism of 26K graded. The red, white, and blue, there's only 637 PSA 10s out of 1,600 graded. So this is tells me two things. One, people absolutely hate red, white, and blues with a passion. Two, there's a ton of prison-based rookie PSA 10s versus red, white, and blues and bases. It, it's funny because it's the most out there, but it's also the most recognizable and the easiest for people to buy and sell and understand. So that's why they're worth a little bit less. Now, a card normally, which has a pop of like this small compared to this big, is like three to four times as expensive. Do I think that that'll happen? Probably not. I can't really see people like jumping on the red, white, and blue versus the base consistently. Um, what would I do? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, red, white, and blue, it's been around every year since 2013. So I like to see, you know, is there longevity to the parallel? Um, I think one of the problems is is that they switch the design so much year after year. They don't really stick around the same red, white, and blue. 2018 is the barbershop. 2017, it was the Starburst X-Fractor look, which I thought was terrible the way they placed the colors on that. 2015 was the wave. 
2013 was mosaic and pulsar. What are you saying, it? I like the just the red and the, the white into the blue. So I actually like 2019, how it's like a gradient feel. Yeah. So I like the green a lot. I like and the green sell for far more than the red, white, and blue. Those have been around since 2012. But if it's between basin and uh the red, white, and blue, I don't know. I like I, I understand the pop report differences, but like in the end, like are people really going to use that to determine buying red, white, and blue versus base? Nate, do you have a thought on that? It's hard because I, I live and breathe this stuff, and I don't even have a thought on it. So I, I know you probably don't. Um, it's just, I, I'm, you know me. I'm such a big pop report guy. I probably talk about it more than people want to hear about looking at pop reports, reading the numbers, trying to find parallels that are rare. But just for so long, I've seen the disrespect to red, white, and blue. Like, I just don't see that coming out of nowhere to being like a super respected card, which as much as pop report matters, it doesn't matter if the demand doesn't come or, or the, the whatever, you know, if people don't rush to the cards. So I just don't see and how. If we've learned anything in our, uh, what, two years of doing slab stocks is that more important than stats, more important than what team you play on, more important than anything is hype around whatever it is the player the card the brand mm -hmm. uh and if if you if you see no hype here despite these numbers i don't think there will ever be hype since we are almost at the height of what the card market's ever been at least for modern cards yeah i mean and then the next question is does hype die down like does the base hype die down people thought the base hype died down and was gone after the bubble, but clearly they were wrong. Everything wow. is now we went higher. We have a question for that, right? Have we, do we? I believe so. Oh, well, I guess we'll we'll, we'll see later then. Go to, go to the next one. Unless right. you're done. Nope, don't go to we'll, the next one. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll keep going and we'll see if we come upon it. Yeah. On eBay, when you sell, do you get a 1099K, which is a tax statement if you reach 20K in sales and 200 transactions? I'm confused. Some clarification would help, would be appreciated. So yes, uh, it's actually not eBay that issues them. It's PayPal that issues it. So that 20K and 200 transaction rule is PayPal's um, threshold on when they send you a tax document that you have to submit with your yearly taxes based on how much you're selling and how much you bought and sold and profit and whatnot and then pay taxes on that. Um, I, I believe it's 20K in sales. I'm not sure if it's like 20K and 200 transactions or 20K or 200 transactions. I think if you're doing 20K, most likely you're probably doing 200 transactions anyways, unless you just trade like $20,000 cards a year, $21,000 cards a year. Uh, but either way, I think uh, you'll get it via PayPal. Just watch your email. If you get it in your, you can get it in the, um, in your PayPal tax documents under your account too, just for you to be aware. What are you laughing about over there? Oh, no, I, was, I thought I was going to sneeze. Oh, okay. Well, I guess you do what I do. And just come about like nineteen thousand five hundred dollars short of twenty thousand dollars in sales every year, and you're fine. <laughs> Never have to worry about it. <laughs> Never have to worry about it. All right. Assuming I like this question, I saw it earlier from uh, Kevin Sawyer LV. Assuming electronic slash computer automated grading becomes a real thing years down the road, how do you see that affecting already graded cards? Does regrading become a thing people have to do? Will we see different price points for hand grading versus electronic? Most importantly, will long-term investments be put at risk 
This is, does a hand-graded pen become less valuable because electronically grade, grade tens are out there? So first off, I think we have to think about this. Does PSA, when they introduce this, which I assume will come at some point in the next few years, do they put some sort of designation on there or they just switch yeah, their label completely? Their label, right? Yeah, I mean, they will do that. So that's the first thing. Is they'll have to mark these cards as differently graded than the ones they have been graded. Um, other than, I guess, looking at the serial number and seeing if it comes after the one that was question, that was produced before. But that's a pain for people that are buying and selling. Now the next question is, are they more valuable tens? I'd say yes, 100%. It'll be, you, you'll get your cards back quicker. So now the value isn't in like, oh, it's hard to get your cards graded and stuff and you got to wait so long. The value now is that it's exactly what the grade should be. And I would say that PSA 10s from a computer grading them, saying this is 100% what the card is graded because of all these different calculations and algorithms that go into determining it will be higher valued than a PSA 10 hand graded. Now, I think that it gets interesting when you're saying like, will people be forced to regrade their cards then? Meaning like, here we go. I just got this in the mail today. Huge PC pickup for me. If anyone knows me, huge Badger fan. Jonathan Taylor, gold rookie, PSA 10 for Mosaic, number out of 10. If in three years, this card is less valuable because of that, will I send it in to get regraded? Like, will I do? I mean, I wouldn't because it's a PC card, most likely. Maybe I do just so it's graded by a machine. But I have a feeling that, like, I guess here's the more important question. This is the more important question. Does a PSA 10 hand graded sell for less than a PSA 9 graded by a machine? And I think that the answer is probably no. But it's a valid question because either it's a 9 or a 10, most likely, by the computer. And you don't know unless you send it in. Well, you... what's the likelihood? that there's going to be a ton of people out there that are willing to risk getting a PSA nine on their PSA 10 because it's, you know, not graded by a machine. Yeah. And if people, if people don't want to risk getting a PSA nine graded by a machine, PSA 10, I think there's going to be plenty of people that are willing to artificially prop up their markets so that that doesn't happen. I know it's, it, it's very interesting. And there's some good comments here in the, in the live chat. Electronic graded cards will be worth more. PSA 10 will be like a PSA 11. It should be the next X factor, like from a 9 to a 10 can be 3X. That'd be interesting to see. And I still wonder, I guess the 9 probably falls between a PSA 9 hand graded and PSA 10 hand graded, a 9 from electronic grading. Um, that's interesting to think about. Also this. PSA is already giving out less tens, which means non-grade machine grades mean nothing because at a whim the company can change tens they give out, and they definitely did. Yeah, they're giving out tens, 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 and then somewhere along the line this past year, all of a sudden people were getting a bunch of nines back. Not, not even a bunch of nines. Or even worse, eights, sevens. Yes, so literally. Devonte Graham silver prisms and got a PSA seven. Yeah, eights, you know, like eights. literally six to eights and stuff. Ooh, that's loud. I didn't know if that was in my, my place or yours at first. It's so loud. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot that's going to be have to be unpacked through it. And you can speculate uh, all you want. I mean, there's nothing you can do right now. Like, you're not going to crack out your card right now and sit for two years and wait for it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Sorry, I'm making pizza. Ah, Sam. Apologies. Sam kids dunks, kids. making pizza with the kid and sets off the fire alarm. Baby's getting making pizza. It's no big deal. <laughs> 
Hey, that's twice now that Sam Dunks has shown up in this live stream, but hasn't answered any questions. Hasn't I given a single him. basketball taking his 110 people are waiting. Boo him. Boo. Boo. Sam Dunks stinks. Don't watch his video tomorrow. I'm just kidding. Make sure you watch it. <laughs> Update on the first week of NBA. All right, I think it's time to move on from this question. But uh, wait, here's a good one. Richard Clark. I just got a clay cards order pop, and it was 85% tens on 100 cards. So keep in mind, Clay probably reviewed those. Clay is very good at what he does with evaluating the cards and making sure that the cards he's sending in for you are most likely tens. I can't say for sure, but most likely, obviously, 85%. That's pretty good, I'd say. Um, I'd say in the past he was over 90%. I do know, though. I remember he was probably like 94%. I remember like well, 90 if, if Clay Cards is getting 85%, then you know. You know that the uh, PSA 10 rate has gone down because I don't think Clay is getting 85%. Eight months ago. No, he's probably getting 95 and now people are getting like 40 to 50% on their stuff. Yeah. All right, let's 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 hit the next question here. When looking at Steph cards, since he really doesn't have many rookie cards, is it wise to just invest in rare, super cool-looking cards of his no matter what year? So I forgot to pull up some cool, rare-looking cards, but I did pull up his rookie cards here. So Topps Chrome, rookie PSA 10, base it's numbered out of 999, which is the rarest Topps Chrome rookie card out there. It's actually serial number, numbered out of 999. So they're super rare, which leads to this extremely expensive card of $27,000 for a PSA 10. If you're looking at the Topps base rookie, that's 6K. Those are also very rare. This was Topps last year of having a license. And clearly they did like the rookie photo headshot, which I know a lot of people don't like, but the dollars speak for themselves on these. And then you look over at Panini Prestige, and those was kind of, those were like the start of Panini in 2009, and those just sell for nothing. I mean, 405 bucks. I'd have to look at the pop report on that Prestige. Hey, but, uh, if 405 dollars is nothing, I will take nothing every day of the week. <laughs> Makes okay. I'm comparing it to like a 6K tops rookie PSA 10. <laughs> either way, either way, these. Uh, these prestige cards are worth a lot less. And I'm not saying to buy those versus rare, super cool looking cards. And I do think that those sell well too. But my point is, is that you're correct. He doesn't have that many rookie cards. He has a contender's rookie auto, but a lot of those were trimmed. A lot of those um, were getting rejected by PSA. I know. And I, I'd be very scared myself buying one of them to, you know, if one of them were, were altered um, that can completely ruin your card and, not to say you can't get your money back down the line from whoever you bought it from, who they bought it from, whatever, but that's a huge pain you don't want to deal with. I would say either look into tops cards if you have the money or look into early year Prism, Select, maybe even some 2016 Optic. I would even say as you know, recent year Select, 2017, 18, 19, um, a lot of these cards for Steph Curry that are low numbered you can get for a nice value. And because of the fact that he has such a huge fan base, and the rookie cards are few and far between. I think that they're a good play. Also, and, because if you think about NBA players that have kind of like changed the game by themselves, I feel yeah, like Steph Curry's up there. Well, he, he's going down in the record books as one of the most basketball specific altering players of all time. Like, literally, change how the game is played. And it's not just NBA level, it goes down to every single level below that college. Yeah, you you go into a high school gym nowadays, and kids are popping threes and left and right. They don't they don't care about anything inside the arc. Exactly. So, I mean, literally, in in altering 
player right here. And I think that collecting Steph Curry is a, is a great thing. Um, the Warriors going forward, I think that there's going to be some issues with, you know, at what point do they just start to decline the the core three? Obviously, yeah, Draymond, I'm not Steph to the Bucks. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Draymond Green. I know Nate's not either, but I mean, we have to say he definitely affects what's going on in the court. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't have to say that. <laughs> you will you know, never hear me say something good about Draymond Green. I'm not a fan of Draymond Green, but it's just facts that if him, Clay, and Steph are on the court at the same time, I know Clay's a huge differentiator too. It's going to be better than what's on the court now. Um, and Kelly Oubre is trash, and so is Andrew Wiggins. Get those two off the team now, and then the Warriors will win the title. They have not been good. I no, will. Been really bad. Andrew Wiggins, as advertised, always mediocre. Yet Nate, Nate thinks he's might change because he's a Steph Curry and then drafts him on fantasy. <laughs> I and 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 subsequently already released him in fantasy. Didn't even make it a week. Yeah, it was like four dollars. So. <laughs> this is a cool comment from GT here. If you can't buy the rookie, you can always buy cards that look super young, like with Kobe, him wearing the number eight with the mini fro. Those will always be classic. I do agree with that. Chasing after like 97, 98, 99, 2000 Kobe is really cool. Like, if you can't get that rookie. Go after the second year, third year, fourth year cards. And I know that we talk about that a lot on the show. Like, are those actually valuable? Do they hold value over time? I would say if you're sticking to like absolute legends, LeBron, Kobe, Brady, Rogers. Now, Steph is definitely in that conversation because we're just talking about how he's changing the game forever. Um, I don't think you can go wrong picking up like second, third year cards. Now, the issue with Steph is that there really is no second or third year cards for Steph because in 2010, all they had really was gold standard and absolute and a couple other sets, national treasures. But in 2011, there was like no cards because of the lockout. So then 2012 Prism comes. Now it's a fourth year card. Now that's probably one of your best bets outside. And 2012 Select as well. Um, I like that take from GT. Because there's there's always going to be enough money going around to prop up those values. I mean, obviously, sometimes they go down value just like everything. But I'm just saying like long term, people are going to be on them for alternative reasons, just like Vincent said. Alter- great alternative for lower budgets. Yeah, it definitely matters. But now keep in mind, if your player flops, if you're trying to prospect a player and you're buying second and third of your cards and they flop, uh, those are really at risk. <laughs> but that's why I brought up the legends. Yeah, it seems unlikely that Steph Curry is going to be a flop. Yeah, that that's why I was speaking towards Steph Curry with that. Yeah. Nate, you want to take this one? Do you think there's an element to a player's viral moment with these sudden reactions to the market rather than prospecting a player on their career? I wonder if cards are brought to, bought to try to and flip during the next moment in the league. And uh, the boulevard of cards, uh, as long as BLVD is for boulevard, um, I would agree 100%. I don't think there's really any point in prospecting a guy to be a 20-point scorer or anything. Just prospect him to be a guy who scores... 25 points, two games in a row. Uh, and you should be good. Uh, if we're talking baseball terms, prospect a guy who, you know, you don't necessarily need him to be a 300 hitter over a season or have 30 home runs. You just need him to hit five home runs in a week. Wait, let's let's back this up a little bit. If you're doing this, make sure you're the one that's buying before those five yes, home runs. Or yes. before. You don't want to be buying Matt Thice off of a two-week explosion in spring training. Don't buy him then. Buy him before then because you think, oh, maybe he'll blow up. Now that's really that's not a huge risk because it's like a two dollar auto, Bowman Chrome auto, right? 
but it's still a waste of money because the likelihood he blows up slim to none. Um, but if we're talking basketball, uh, find a lottery guy that hasn't blown up yet and see like, if you can't pick like him up. Casey Akpala, I think he was a first-round pick for the Heat last year in 2019. His cards blew up during uh, the preseason because he was playing well. I don't, couldn't tell you how he's played the first couple of games of the season, but uh, that's the kind of things that just make a market go crazy is when they drop 20 points and, in a preseason and, game. Of course, in, in the NBA market, it's way more risky because back in the day, you could buy base cards for 25 cents at your local card shop because nobody was buying them. Uh, and now, you know, you find your random rookies and they're six, seven bucks a base. Yeah. Card, no matter who I mean, Dylan Windler's probably like five bucks. Yeah. See, every, everyone's more expensive now. So everything comes with a, a little bit more risk, but let's keep in mind, if you're buying for 25 cents back in the day, you weren't going to be able to flip them for $10 in the next three months. Yeah. Fair. So, so, so like, you know, it's like, it's like people's salaries haven't really gone up in the last year and a half from when you could buy or two years from when you could buy 25 cent cards to now them being $5 cards. So it's like a much bigger, much bigger piece of your pie you can spend on cards. Well, I, I totally agree, but it's, it's just because there's so many people are so entrenched in the market now that you look at it more against the market versus against your salary. Most likely like, yeah. Hey, did I flip this card for 500 bucks? Okay. Now it makes sense that I have to spend more on this guy for $5 versus 25 cents. Fair. But I, I do agree with you, too. I mean, I'm not saying that, that your point's but, not valid. But to get back to this question, I think if I were to get into the NBA prospecting game, I would just try to beat people to the young rookies that haven't exploded and just bank on them having two good games, being on top of my game, and just selling when they, that happens and hoping I don't get returns on eBay. Yeah, let's be clear that you need to work within your budget and most likely it's better to spend a little bit on these guys versus like I'm sure some people out there have dropped 500 bucks on a bench guy that you don't know if he's going to do anything. Nate's talking like picking up like probably four rookies for like 20 bucks. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking big money. I'm talking you spend $10 on a kid from the Charlotte Hornets and turn it into maybe $100 in two months. And of course, everything is relative too. I mean, to how much money you have, but just keep in mind what's your risk level. That's what we're trying to say. Ooh, okay. Little announcement here. So this was kind of unexpected. I really wasn't thinking Sunday I was going to do this, but we release Pocket Stocks, and Pocket Stocks is our Pokemon content and brand and breaking line. I just released the Instagram page on Sunday. Already made a couple posts, a little discussions around some Charizards, the Hidden Fates. Uh, shiny gx graph right there and we actually already sold out of our first uh pocket stocks packs which are bundles that i put together um with different non-graded cards graded cards booster packs and just a fun way to get people involved with pokemon so if you are involved in it i know you say it like pokemon but i grew up saying pokemon and there's no way i'm gonna switch it now so it just doesn't work that way but uh i mean it could but either way, we uh, we launched this and we already have almost 500 people over the Instagram page. We'd like for you to be there. If you're interested in this or have any questions, I'll try to help. Other people try to help. Our community is always amazing between sports and Pokemon and whatever else it is. Everyone's always willing to help. So we'd love to see you there. And on Wednesday night, actually, is the first live stream break for Pokemon. Sold some Hidden Fates tins. And are you announcing other breaks about. at the end of that break? What do you say? 
Are you announcing any other Pokemon breaks at the end of that break? Yeah, so at the end of that break, we'll probably put up the second round of uh, Pocket Stocks packs. And then also maybe a couple more Hidden Fates tins. I don't know exactly yet. But uh, either way, more breaks will be coming for Pokemon. Probably probably we'll be doing those on Wednesdays. And we are doing it live on this YouTube channel on, on Wednesday. It's at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. But going forward after that, it'll be on a new YouTube page. Just want to have it on the main account first so that people are aware of it. After that, they can decide if they want to come and watch Pokemon stuff or not. But uh, would like to have you there if you if you want to join and learn some stuff. Really fun, just collector mindset. You know, we'll be talking about some investments and stuff. But really, just want to make it a fun atmosphere for you guys. It's uh, compare sports cards. It's a lot more budget friendly. And if you have kids, I'm sure they'd be really interested too. Because I know a lot of my friends who have kids now are uh, their their kids are interested in Pokemon now. How many how many friends do you have that have kids? A few. A yeah. few. <laughs> but uh, but that, Nate, Nate, they're like ones in their thirties. Oh, okay, okay. So like, the, actually, two are in their thirties. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, if if I can just relate what I learned at the uh, shop when I worked there for a couple months, uh, a lot of times, you know, we'd have some little kids that come in. Uh, you know, kids that were usually older than ten definitely wanted, you know, baseball card packs, football card packs, basketball card packs. But a lot of kids that were like five six up to like eight uh they always wanted pokemon hey oh. here's the here's the other thing pokemon is multi-gender there's a lot more women involved in pokemon than there are in sports cards i talked to jamil i actually heard through our youtube video he said 35 percent of his customers that buy pokemon cards are women hmm. or girls or ladies so compared to sports cards yeah. that's two like percent can we come up with more uh terms girls <laughs> Ladies, women. <laughs> I just want to make sure that, you know, kids and adults, all the like females. There we go. <laughs> hey, yeah, look at that. GT Black, I did not realize that Sam and I were not his only friends. News to me. Seriously, I mean, just surprising, actually. Yeah. Although I will say I am 22. So, yes, not many of my friends have kids. <laughs> yeah, that, that's more what I was getting at. Only only one of my like really close friends from like high school, like my age, has a kid now, which is I mean, really you crazy. can have friends that have kids, but them being old enough to want Pokemon cards would be the more shocking. Exactly. I mean, I don't think that my friend's six month old is uh knows who Charizard is yet. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, she will though in about two years. All right. Uh that T206 guy, don't forget to like the video. It takes about two seconds and helps out everyone's slab stocks. I just did. Thank you, man. That helps a lot. Yeah, helps spread our videos, help. Get more people involved and they'll further help out the card market and industry. Drake Sports PC. Nate, you can take this one. You don't right. have football links. So is it more important to invest in the brand of card or the player? For example, I was looking to get a numbered Patrick Mahomes PSA 10 rookie and my budget is $2,500. i am priced out of numbered PSA 10 uh, NTs, Prism, Optic, etc. But I could get a numbered Panini Phoenix rookie uh, PSA 10 in that price range. Should I stay away from Phoenix because it didn't, it doesn't have the prestige of NT, Prism, Optic, etc., and invest that money into, for example, a Josh Allen Optic Hollow rookie auto PSA 10 because of better brand recognition, even though jo Allen is not the same caliber player as Mahomes. Um, number one, to get this out of the way, I like Phoenix. I'm going to say it. I don't know a lot of people that like Phoenix, but I like Phoenix. Nate, Phoenix is kind of making a comeback, not because of football, but because in Chronicles basketball, it's one of the Chrome cards where they make the Phoenix cards in the Chrome. Mm -hmm. There's only a few sets in Chronicles basketball actually has Chrome cards, but that's one of them. 
So I think it is making a little bit of a comeback there. But uh, I like it too. I mean, nice looking parallels, nice looking designs. Now, I will say this about the question. It did say Josh. I was going to get to it, but wait. No, I just want to clear it up before you talk about it. Uh, Josh Allen Optic Hollow Rookie Auto PSA 10. I put in the non auto. I'm sure the auto is pretty close in value, probably to that Mahomes that I showed. And that red on the right is numbered on 99 PSA 10. Now you can talk. I just want yeah, to Yeah, the autos, the Optic Hollow autos are, are numbered to 99. Yeah, so similar numbered cards. I just wanted to make sure people knew that watching it. Um, you know, it for me, it depends on the player. If you were talking $2,500 for Kyler Murray, since I like him, but you know, you don't know much about him, I would definitely take that money and spend it on a premium card of a different guy, right? Um, not that Kyler Murray 2,500 can get you a lot of Kyler Murray's right. But it, it always depends on the player. If we're talking Patrick Mahomes, who will probably win another one, two, three Super Bowls in his career. Um, looks really good. Probably won't win it this year because we've got, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers in his MVP season and going to torch through the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. That's you know, neither here nor there. Uh, if, if we're talking Patrick Mahomes, if we're talking LeBron James, if we're talking Tom Brady, I don't really think I care what card I'm getting as long as I'm getting a rookie of that guy. Right? Because I think there's just long-term value in that name. But if, for me, if I'm talking about a lesser player, um, a Lamar, a literally any player that's not named Patrick Mahomes that's a young quarterback right now, I would definitely look to get the better brand of a lesser quarterback than the off-brand Phoenix-type card of that guy. Yeah, um, I think something that I think about more is one second. That is my bad on that. I need to put my computer on do not disturb. Um, one thing I think about is are you buying the rookie card of that guy, like a, a lesser brand rookie card or a better brand second year card of the same player? Meaning, if you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, are you buying his 2017? Phoenix numbered on 99 PSA 10 rookie card. Or are you buying his 2018 select tie dye field level PSA 10? I mean, yeah, I like I'm, another a different argument, but another argument on where you could spend your money to get a good player card of a good guy that's a premium card. Yeah, because like for me, I'm just thinking about what you're saying. I agree with you. Like, I can't see myself going and spending if I really like want to get a good card of a guy that's going to be long-term like i'm going to go get that guy no matter what card it is if it's a worse brand like i'm not going to go and try to find a different guy i want with that better brand that just falls in the same price range um then it would become more of a debate like all right i got my guy it's Mahomes or lebron am i buying his 2004 tops chrome refractor of lebron or, or am i buying his 2003 uh bowman chrome psa 10 yeah. and then it's a different debate it just depends on what you like also, another thing that should be mentioned, and the T206 guy says that there's too much focus on a PSA 10 with some people. It's a myth. Um, now, I don't necessarily know if I agree with it being a myth. I know it's subjective to whoever's grading the card to that day, but uh, there's clearly value in it. Um, that being said, for Drake Sports PC, do you need a PSA 10? You know, yeah, you here's the other debate. Get yourself a PSA 9 of a premium card. And that will still be very valuable in the future as long as right. Mahomes continues playing. Like I, I think I would rather have a 2009, sorry, 2017 Prism Mahomes PSA 9 versus a Phoenix PSA 10. You probably didn't hear what I said because you're reading about the beards. Sorry, but in the comment, yeah, <laughs> my bad. 
one of those. I was about to do one of those moves where uh, I was trying to remember what you said, couldn't, and then just said, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, classic." I knew you didn't hear though. Uh, 2017 Prism Silver Rookie PSA nine, which everyone knows it's a base. Mm-hmm. If you don't base and silver are the same for a 2016 Prism, 2017 Prism. I'd rather have the PSA nine of that card than a Phoenix PSA ten myself. I'd agree. I'd agree. I, I like Phoenix. I love Phoenix. But you get the premium Prism brand in a slightly worse version 20 years from now. I don't think people are going to care too much that it's a PSA 9. I don't even think they care that much about it now, honestly, with the amount that people want PSA grade cards. Yeah, that's true. They don't. And I saw some discussion earlier from T206 guy about PSA 9s versus 10s and some, talking with someone else about values on them. Yeah, nine. talking basketball and football. Because baseball PSA nine still have a not. Yeah, let's not. We're not talking about baseball. We're talking about basketball here, and some football. But uh, I made a video back in April. It's actually our first YouTube video, like legit YouTube video. We've had some in the past about you know going to shows, and those were legit YouTube videos. But like our podcast on a YouTube video, and it was about our nines viable investments. And I'm sitting there like, heck yeah, they are. They've been doing awesome, and so many people still hated, still hated. I mean, post about on Instagram, they still hated. Yet. Basketball PSA 9s have done tremendously in 2020, as with all basketball cards. They generally do go up equally as PSA 10s, sometimes less. They also sometimes get hurt less when there's a downfall because they're not the most expensive thing. And I think Zach, uh, Nat's fanatic here. Oh, yeah. I was about to put that up. Nice. Are you going to read it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Why do you think the value of PSA 9, of the PSA 9 hasn't caught up in baseball like it is in football and basketball? Um, I do have some thoughts. I don't know if they're – it's really hard to say, starters. Aaron, if you have a thought, you can also jump in here and correct me if you think I'm wrong. Do you think there's just more – less people in baseball but more money than, like, football? Like, there's just bigger, deeper pockets in the baseball collecting market but less I, people? So I, then most people are like, uh, yeah, I want a PSA 10. I don't care about PSA 9. I think it's actually the opposite. I think there's deeper pockets in football chasing after the top quarterback spending weight like so much. I mean, I guess you could bring up Mike well, Trout. Add, add basketball in there too. Yeah. Well, basketball, the difference is that in basketball, basketball takes both football and baseball's like biggest things. Then football, some quarterback cards are worth ridiculous amounts of money. Basketball cards are worth ridiculous amounts of money. Baseball, I think that the markets spread more across players in baseball than in football. Well, you know, that's a that's a valid point, too, is that basketball, you've got, you know, five guys on the court at a time, 15 guys per team. Everything's expensive in basketball. Everything's valuable. Two guys on a, on a field, but, uh, you know, it's really only one guy on the field that people really care about. Yeah. Um, and that's not even one guy per team. That's, you know, one guy in half the teams in the league. Yeah. And then baseball, you've got 25 guys, and it's hard to, you know, put a value on how good a Eloy Jimenez is for a White Sox team. Yeah, I, I just think that the market just in general is smaller now. And honestly, I don't think that nines in football do as well as basketball nines anyways. I think that basketball just sets the standard for nines. And what I'm talking about, I did never brought up any values in football with how nines have been doing so well and stuff, especially in the April YouTube video. Um, I think that basketball sets the standard. I think that football probably does a little bit better than baseball. But baseball, I mean, you literally can't sell an Eli Jimenez PSA 9 for as much as you pay to get it graded right. from top series two. Um, let's get to the question that everybody's been dying to answer and wants to see. The next one? Enough beating around the bush. No, this one. Rank the beards. <laughs> Abe Lincoln, James Harden, Slap Sox, Nate. 
Thank you. Um, I expect everyone in this chat to answer this very quickly, if you could. And also, if you don't put Nate number one, I will never answer one of your questions ever again in the history of Slab Stocks. Trash. Um, I will say this. I've had this discussion in the past. Hot take here. Slab Stocks Nate is James Harden, and James Harden is Slab Stocks Nate. If Nate was on a basketball Are you calling, court, me, fat? Are you calling me fat? If Nate was on a basketball court and had jersey on, him and James Harden will look exactly alike, except for obvious reasons. But other than that, <laughs> Nate is is looking just the like James Harden. Reason that I can't shoot threes as well as him, or dunk, or nor am I like two hundred twenty five pounds or six five. See, but proportionately, I think they are the same. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ziggy in the house. I don't think I saw him earlier. What's up, Ziggy? Now, All this right. is the sport that I like to see. Everyone came through and put me first. Thank you. Thank well, I'm, you. I, hey, I'm putting Lincoln first, so that's too bad. <laughs> as long as I don't end up like Lincoln, we're okay. <laughs> oh, Jamil in the house. What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, I will say this. James Harden, when he had his mohawk and beard that like kind of all worked together, looked way better than his like random hair with random beard. He's not getting all trimmed up at all. I don't all. know what's going on with that hair, but I... he used to, he used to look pretty sweet out there. <laughs> uh... <laughs> all right, should we move on? What's up, Jamil? Yes, pocket stocks is here. Zach is loving it. All right, we're moving on. Hey, Jeff in Jersey, Nate's guy. He didn't put a different thing here, though. Nate was probably pretty disappointed. Yeah, I was. I was. I was a little. I was a little disappointed. Ooh. Are you gonna read this one, or at least sum it up? If you have yeah, an idea, yeah, 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 I can sum it up. Um, he, Jeff is into making some money, but also into long-term investments and collecting as a hobby. Uh, that being said, I bought a Josh Allen Optic Rookie of the Year contenders on cart auto, so uh, a uh, lesser auto. If you guys know what it looks like, it's got. Like the picture of him in the middle, and then like the rookie of the year contenders stuff. Um, not like a spectacular looking card by any means. It's definitely not like the rookie ticket. Uh, the rookie tickets look great. Yeah. Uh, for seventy five dollars, I figured the Bills would do well and would win the division. I thought I could sell it for around that t- this time of year, so I listed it for three fifty and thought, well, we'll see what happens, which is a good way to do it. You know, you list a card high if people want to bite on it, whatever. If you don't want to sell it, it's still up there in case somebody bites on it and you get. You know, the appropriate amount of money where you're like, okay, I'll, I'll let it go. Uh, well, the scenario played out, and now I have offers of around $300 um, for it. Uh, I don't want to sell for multiple reasons. One is he's a Bills fan. Two, he thinks they could win in the playoffs. But we've seen that teams in the playoffs, the, they win. The prices don't normally go up anymore. People are already kind of valuing their play that has already happened. Hey, just like Jimmy Garoppolo last year. Just like Jimmy Garoppolo leads his team all the way to the playoffs and his cards didn't do, or to the Super Bowl and his cards didn't do anything. Um, Buffalo is likely to win at least one playoff game. Prices could go up. Also, Allen is the best player on my favorite team. Any thoughts? Have you guys had a similar situation? What would you do? Uh, I have had a similar situation. And it's the situation with all of my Devontae Graham personal collection in which I'm like, hmm, I could sell this for a pretty penny and keep some of them or I could hold on to them. And so far, the answer has been mostly hold on to them. Um, some because I'm lazy and some because, I don't know, I just really like Devontae Graham and I'm a big fan and kind of like having cards of his, right? Right. Um, 
But uh, for you, you know, it's unlikely for Jeff specifically, it's unlikely that you're going to get a cheaper Josh Allen auto anytime soon. Um, and so if you really want a Josh Allen auto, you know, you're, you're into one for $75, which isn't bad. Uh, so you kind of have to ask yourself, do you wanting an auto of your favorite player outweigh having an extra after you take out what you spent on it to, and after you take out fees, 190 bucks? This, this is what I'd say. I'd say take the money, buy another Josh Allen card that you like as well. And then reinvest the other money if you have somewhere else to put it. If you don't have anywhere to put it, you're like, I don't well, you're know not why. getting an auto. You're not well, getting you, a Josh Allen auto for that money. No, but you can get another card. You can get a different. Yeah, Josh yeah, yeah. Allen you card. can get a prism, prism something or another of. It. Yeah, like a prism blue laser PSA nine or something like that. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, specifically as a fan, it's cool to have an auto of a guy over having just. Well, let me say this. If you want an auto of Josh Allen, there's no point in selling. You already have an auto of Josh Allen. You know, like you're not going to get a better auto most likely for that $300 anyways. So there's no point in selling if it's a PC and you don't really have anything else to invest in or you don't want to invest in anything else. You know, if it's me and I just had the card and I'm a Packer fan, I'm selling that, taking like 200 bucks and putting it into basketball cards, maybe taking another 100 and putting it into like a PC card or something, you know? I, I think it's this is like that classic situation where it's like you just gotta decide if you want the car. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really it's really personal preference. Some people will take the money and they'll reinvest, or they'll take the money, invest in a PS5, or you know, invest in a bill, or pay off a monthly car payment. And some people will uh, just keep the card because at this point, it's unlikely Josh Allen looks like one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league, and he's probably going to be. He's going to be second or third in the MVP vote by the, at the end of the year. And uh, I don't think you're going to be able to get a cheap auto anytime soon. I agree with that as well. I wouldn't move it if your plan was to have a Josh Allen auto. I guess that's my point. Yeah. If your plan is to buy something else, then sure. If you just want a Josh Allen card, then sure. Yeah. Do you have any demographics on who is in the hobby today? I imagine there are far less young people involved than there were in the 80s and 90s, but curious on the actual numbers. Uh, not something we have access to. I'm sure that no one really has access to because especially with companies, I mean, we do have some access to like our Instagram followers, which we won't exactly say what the demographic is. Just because, you know, a lot of that is information from the people that follow us. But, uh, you know, it's skewed. Well, toward... I, don't think it, I don't think it matters if we announce the genders. Oh, well, genders is obvious. The genders of our following, for those who are wondering, 96% male to 4% female. Yeah. I just didn't want to throw the, the, the graphic up there of the ages just to protect people. But I, most of it is in the is in the mid-20s range. Wildly, largely, largely, and we have 35,000 followers. It's largely 18 to mid-40s. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, where, that's where the majority is. But here's the other thing you can't think about. Can't you can't you know people aren't marking on there if they're less than ten. They're not really using Instagram most likely if they're less than ten. No. You know people are who are in it less than ten are in it with their dad and their dad's sitting there on Instagram as they're they're learning with them or they're they're opening a pack with them and stuff. And yes, I would probably venture to guess that maybe the rate of young people to the mob people in total is probably lower. But that's just because so many people came in in the in the middle you know mid twenties to thirties to forties. I'm not saying that there's less young people in total, but the percent of young people, meaning like 13 and under, 
to like I, people I that are 20 and over. Fear. I, I do think there should be a big fear that there aren't going to be young people in if they can't get their hands on cards ever. Oh, I totally agree with that. I've been saying every every time on live streams, like that's how I got into it. I was going to store and buying retail packs. And I never would have been here if I wasn't buying retail packs. Imagine, imagine your parents put a hundred dollar cap on what they buy you for Christmas. Hundred bucks. And nowadays that gets a kid a blaster box, a hanger box of you know, a blaster box of hoops basketball. Exactly. That's what a kid gets for his Christmas present. Uh, if your parents can spend a hundred dollars, you get twenty cards. And the biggest oh, we talked about this in the past about how do they fix the problem, retail problem, all that stuff. The number one way is to have Targets and Walmart's pa- partner with Tops and Panini and distributors, meaning XL and MJ Holdings, and they just put the product behind the counter, and it's one per customer. I know we've talked about that people will come in and do whatever they need to do to get product, but it'll limit it a lot. Kids can come and get packs. Just so you know, anything we're doing at Slapstacks Breaks, I'm not out there clearing out targets and Walmart. Just so you guys know, I do not do that. I just want to make everyone clear that, you know, obviously we're talking about this here. I'm not going and clearing out targets and Walmarts. I'm buying all of it secondhand. Um, but they really do need to do a better job. Everyone involved in the production, the supply chain, the distribution of making sure that kids can get cards. And we've talked about a lot. We're making national packs for kids at the at the National 2021 Chicago. Um, the biggest difference, the hobby is global today. In the 90s, it was North American fad. That's a very valid point, is that how many people have we met through slab stocks that are from, you know, Taiwan and from Australia and from um, Canada and Mexico and, uh, you know, Germany and places like that, that I never would have thought I would have had access to talking to them or interacting with them in my life because I'm just a kid from Wisconsin. That's uh, crazy. You know, it's a, it's a big point is that, uh, you know, you're worried about the hobby dying, but I think there's, you know, just an avenue for way more people out there that even if you don't aren't getting super young kids in, it'll be okay. I mean, there's so I've been saying this a lot. Aside from the retail packs and stores, the hobby and the industry has never been more accessible ever, ever by far. This is the most accessible the hobby's ever been between different ways to buy and sell, different ways to research, different ways to learn, different people interact with, different shows to go to. I mean, it's crazy. And I think coming out of COVID and more shows going on, I think it can only and, help. And, and YouTube. YouTube wasn't a thing in the 90s. YouTube wasn't a thing until well, uh, Janet Jackson happened. It's, at the- it's not even just YouTube. It's Twitter and Instagram and internet, you know, all that stuff. All of it. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's where I'm at on it and everything. All right, last question of the day. It's about Mbappe. His 2018 World Cup prisms are down to nearly what they were before the market boomed, I think in July it was, uh, early August. Although this isn't his true rookie card, would this be a good investment now as the card will always have significance to him being France, won the World Cup that year and the Euros and the next World Cup are just around the corner. Yeah, I, I think basically we've said it many times, You know, when too many people come and do one thing at one time, too much hype, prices go up too fast, and then boom, they drop just like we have with Pokemon First Edition. You're gonna see it everywhere. Sell into the hype. That's the number one thing. Is you know, unless there's a guy that you completely believe in, you just want to hold for a long time, do what you gotta do. But I talked about there on the Pokemon video that weekend of Logan Paul opening the box, Logic buying the Charizard. I was like, dude, if you had cards from the last five months to five years, sell into the hype. Like that is the most talked about. 
that Pokemon most likely will ever be in one weekend. And who knows? Going forward, so much is going to happen the 25th anniversary. And that's not me sitting here and saying that Pokemon's bad long term. It's just at that time when a 10x is in value in the span of a month, like that's when you want to sell those cards. And then you wait and then it falls and you buy back in and then boom, long term growth going forward. Just like what happened in August with the bubble and basketball now going into December. Um, interrupting my little spiel here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but it's, it is true though that he did. He sold a Jalen Hurts for $5,000 yesterday with all the hype. Hey, that's big because you sell it now. You wait for people to forget in June. And if you liked Jalen Hurts, you can buy back in that probably same card for $3,500. Dude, or you just go and buy $1,000 of Jalen Hurts and then spend the rest of the money elsewhere. I mean, there's so many different ways. Like, you're not completely out on Jalen Hurts because you take profit on a card. You take the profit and you buy something for cheaper. Um, You know, there's so many different ways to look at this all. And now what's good is that these cards have went down in value. A floor is hopefully getting created around six hundred dollars for those that in the soccer. And you know, up- is the season? I don't know who he plays for or where he plays or anything like that. I don't know what's going on, but is his season pl- being played right now? Yes, but Champions League right now is paused until February, so it's two more months until Champions League. The round of sixteen starts, which is like the bracket play. They had group stage play um, up until the beginning of December. So it takes a pause then. What any of that means. I know what bracket means. So here's the thing. Basically, March Madness starts in February for Soccer Champions League. And last year, it got delayed all the way until August when he appeared in the finals. And that's when they peaked out is when he was in the biggest match of the entire world. Um, And yeah, Zach Jacobs is right. They are struggling right now. But my point is, is going forward, there's some huge events coming up. This is a nice time to get in when people aren't really talking about it. And the other thing is that so much supply hit at one time. This pop report, like, over doubled and a half in the last, like, three months. So more supply in the market, prices go down. And now it should be, hopefully, around now or in the next few months, a good time to buy on this card and many other cards, too. Okay. All right. Well, I think that I think that's all we got for today. A little bit over an hour. 130 viewers here. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Thanks to everyone for hitting the like button if you did. I think we had some great discussion today. I really appreciate all of you guys in the comments here. Yeah. Um, you got to take this one. You got to take this at the very end. We'll end on a Christian Yelich question. Okay. Okay. Appreciate the content as always. Slash Slash Crew. Thoughts on Christian Yelich having a bounce back year? Yes. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. Um, I'm of the frame of mind. This is going to be a little cheesy, but if your player had a bad year, I'm discounting it completely. And if your player had a really nice year, something to build upon. <laughs> but uh, but in all reality, like, you know, the Blake Snell. Blake Snell gets traded yesterday. People are calling him an ace. He was a former Cy Young Award winner, but he hasn't been his Cy Young self for a couple of years. He had a really good, uh, you know, 10-game, uh, 11-game, uh, 10 games, I believe he pitched last year. He was good in those. But he's more of a uh, five, six inning guy, and I don't know how he's going to hold up through an entire season. And I don't actually think he's probably an ace. Um, but obviously, the Padres would know better than me. Uh, and so, you know, people are calling him an ace, but do I really buy in to what is going on with just a 60 game season? I don't. And so, therefore, I'm not going to buy into Christian Yelich suddenly going from the best hitter in baseball to one of the lesser hitters in baseball. He was still positive WRC plus at like 109, 113, something like that. But it wasn't, uh, wasn't, you know, MVP level Christian Yelich. 
And I don't just don't think that a guy just falls off the map in his age 28 season like that. Just doesn't happen. Gotcha. All right. There we go. To wrap it up, 2017 select basketball is going down on Friday. The biggest box we're opening yet on Slap Stocks breaks. Six spots are already gone. Six packs have actually already been taken, which is kind of crazy to think. Six of the 12 are already gone. So if you want that, want to get in on that. What do you say? How much was it per pack? 165 bucks a pack. Six packs already? Yep, six out of the 12 gone. So if you want to get on that, please head over to slabstocks.com slash shop. There's also a budget basketball break going down Thursday. There's only five spots left for and that's Prism Draft. Prism Draft picks at $27.50 a team. It's the lowest team break we've ever sold and most likely will ever sell for basketball for sure. So get in on that if you want to, a full case of blaster boxes. Other than that, thank you guys so much for watching this YouTube live show. Covered a lot of topics. Say, uh, Slap Stock Sam popped in a couple times and his video is dropping tomorrow on the first week of NBA coverage. Ziggy, holy wax behind you. Yep. And $165 per pack, great for the kiddies. Yes, it's not necessarily for the kids, but we do offer a lot of other budget breaks for people I can't get into. There's still prison packs available for $6 a pack. There we go. Uh, Ziggy, that is why the boxers are with Aaron and not with me, because I would have no self-control. <laughs> yep. No, that's why they're here and not with Nate. That's 100% true. And no, because I, I can't wait to hit all this uh, all these huge cards for you guys and not for myself. So that's why I don't open them. It's like I'm going to do it for you guys. But uh, either way, thanks guys so much for watching this Slap Socks Live YouTube show. Next week, same time, 6 p.m. Eastern time. We will see you there. Check out breaks this weekend, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and also Friday now. Really appreciate you guys watching. Over 100 viewers for most of this stream. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you guys next week.